Hi, Green Junkie. It's Stephanie Moram, your host. And today I have the pleasure of speaking with Lorraine Dalmere, the founder of Formula Botanica. Lorraine is a biologist, chartered environmentalist, and the award-winning seven-figure CEO. She runs Formula Botanica, the accredited online organic cosmetic formulation and business school where she and her team have trained 17,000 plus organic formulators in over 180 countries around the world to start or grow their own indie beauty business. You can head over to Instagram and TikTok and you can follow me at this is Stephanie Moram. You can also download my free five-part audio series, Live a Little More Green. You will find all the information in the show notes below. And don't forget to subscribe to the Green Junkie podcast on whatever platform you get your podcasts. That way you'll never miss another Green Living episode. So thank you, Lorraine, for being here. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm really interested in formulations. Like, Oh, thank you so much for having me back on the podcast. It's really lovely talking to you. Yeah. And, you know, your business is Formula Botanica and it's all about formulating. And that kind of scares me. Like as an average person that uses skincare very minimally, I don't use a ton. I don't buy a lot, but I use like what I need to use to keep my face clean. But it scares me when you say you can formulate your own. I'm scared of like, am I using the right ingredients for my skin? Do I have the right preservatives? Is it, you know, am I mixing everything correctly? So I'd love for you to talk about that. Like, what does that look like for the average person to be able to make their own skincare? Absolutely. Well, that's a great question. I think it's worth remembering that humans have been formulating their own skincare and hair care and makeup for millennia, perfumes as well. You know, you can go back thousands of years and discover that formulation was as common as cookery. You know, people used to be able to just create their own skincare. In fact, the oldest known written formulation was discovered on a 5,000-year-old Egyptian scroll and was titled Transforming an Old Man into a Youth which I thought was hilarious because it just shows that <laughs> literally nothing has changed in 5,000 years, except obviously now it's about women more so than men. Well, men are being dragged into the conversation for sure. So, I mean, you can go through the history of formulation and discover a lot more of this. You know, archaeologists discovered this really well-preserved Roman face cream dating back to 150 AD when they were excavating a site in London. And it, it's fascinating. If you can look up the photo for this face cream, it still has the preserved fingerprints in it. It's just incredible. And when the scientists um, who were analysing it actually looked at what it contained, they found that it contained fats and starch and a mineral. And when they they actually replicated the cream, which I thought was awesome to read, and they found it was really nice on the skin, and they found that modern-day cosmetics still use many of those ingredients for the same purpose. So things hadn't actually changed in you know 2,000 years and it just goes on and on. You know, you got, I have DIY beauty books myself dating back to the 1500s and 1700s. And you still see so many techniques that come back, like gelling and warm blending and whipping and distillation and solubilization, emulsification. And many of these techniques are also used by chefs, which is why I think there's been this this brainwashing from the mainstream beauty industry to sort of go, you have to be a chemist to do this. And in fact, it's probably one of the most common questions that we get at Formula Botanica from people before they enroll with us. And when you look at, um, I mean, it was really the, the beauty pioneers of the early 1900s, like Helena Rubenstein, 
absolutely genius marketer. I mean, hats off to her. She was incredible. And what she created was incredible. But she decided that she was going to wear a white lab coat in all of her sales materials, even though she had no qualifications in science. I think the the extent of her qualifications extended to a, a two-month tour of European skincare facilities, which I suppose is a bit like sort of visiting the university gift shop and buying the, the sweater and saying you went there. <laughs> so she was wearing these white lab coats. And then she got the women, because it was women in her in the department stores who were selling her cosmetics to wear them too. And if you go into department stores nowadays, you will be able to find brands where their staff wears white lab coats. In fact, I sometimes play lab coat bingo when I go out because it's just so ubiquitous. And those people aren't chemists. They're not scientists. They're just salespeople. But by doing that very carefully, they have injected this idea of you have to be a scientist to do that. And that's why so many people have basically gone, not me. No, I can't do this. It wouldn't be safe. And yet actually humans have been doing it for such a long time that I'm trying to, and my team is trying to bring this skill back to everyone because it would allow us to step out of the madness of the beauty industry and become less reliant on the products that they sell us. But it also brings people a lot of joy and fun because you can surround yourself by amazing natural and botanical ingredients. Yeah. And I think I'm part of that. Like, I'm petrified, not petrified, it's like a strong word, but like for certain things, I'm like, yeah, I can't DIY that. Like, nope, nope. Like what happened? And yet you could. I promise you, you could. (laughs) Yeah. And like a couple of examples, like what are a couple of things that are quite easy to make? Like just like, like quick little examples of, you know, maybe a skincare that, you know, you might have some of the ingredients at your house already that would be, you know, safe for somebody with, you know, normal skin. Well, the place that everyone starts with is with anhydrous products, so products that don't contain water, because then you don't have to think about preservation. It's pretty easy going. So you could start with a basic lip balm. Literally everyone can make a lip balm. You just take equal parts of an oil, like almond oil or even olive oil. I wouldn't use your cooking oils for this. Um, A butter, like shea butter, or maybe a harder one like cocoa butter. And then um, maybe a wax, like beeswax, or if you're vegan, you know, carnauba wax, candelilla wax, marika fruit wax, whatever, there's loads of them. And you just melt that down very, very gently in a water bath. And then you, you stir it together until it starts to very gently trace, which means it starts to sort of show a trace in it as your spoon is going through it. And then you pour it into a container and hey, presto, you've made a lip balm. It is that simple. And then you can move up a stage where you start to work with water, maybe just pure water. We work with flower waters. They're called hydrosols. They're distilled from the plant. They're sort of like the byproduct of essential oil um, distillation, but far less potent. And we work with those. They smell amazing. You can then learn how to make toners with them or maybe gel them where you add like a, a gum. There's lots of amazing natural gums that from different plants and um, and resins. And then you can move up to solid products where you're making bars, like shampoo bars, shower bars, conditioner bars, that sort of thing. And then you can work your way up to foaming products, which are actually really easy to make, and emulsions even, where you combine oil and water. And if anyone listening is familiar with cookery, then you if you've ever made mayonnaise, you've made an emulsion. And making a cosmetic <laughs> emulsion, whilst you're obviously not using an egg yolk to bind it, it still has that same principle. And it isn't as complex, which is why we tend to teach um, in our big free masterclasses how to make an emulsion. And in fact, last masterclass we taught, 63,000 people took part. 
So you can see that people really are hungry for this information, which is, uh, it's exciting because everyone can do it because it is so much fun, much like cookery. Right. And I make my own foaming soap at home and I love it. I don't buy it. I just keep reusing the same container over and over again. I have made my own lip balms. I think it's what scares me as a consumer is like the stuff I'm putting on my face. You know, I have rosacea. So there's certain things I shouldn't maybe not use on my face. Um, like using yeah. a lot of oils on my face makes me break out more. So I think that's what scares me personally is that when you have maybe a little bit of a skin condition, you're like, ah, should I really make my own? Like, am I going to ruin my face? Is it going to make it worse? You know? So I think that, you know, being a consumer, like an average consumer, I think that's yeah. what kind of scares people a little bit, you know, because like you said, we have been brainwashed to think if you're not a scientist, if you don't know everything about botanicals, if you don't know everything about the waxes and the butters, then who are you to make your own product? When, like you said, it's like cooking. (laughs) Yeah. And yeah, I'm not going to open up a restaurant to be a chef, but I know how to make some food in my kitchen. (laughs) Yeah. But that means you could still make a formulation. And one thing I would add to that is when you go into the, the supermarkets or the stores and you turn over some of the products that are in there, you know, the very, very long ingredient lists, and anyone can react to any ingredient. Mm-hmm. And that includes natural ingredients. You know, I know people who can't tolerate rose water on their skin, for instance, or aloe vera, even though, you know, those are some of the most ubiquitous natural ingredients out there in cosmetics. But if you react easily to different skin ingredients and you buy a product that has, say, 40 ingredients in it, even though it's been marketed at sensitive skin, then you could still react to that. And yet, if you make your own and you keep it really, really simple, and this is also our mantra, you know, really keep it simple, then you can actually identify which ingredients your skin really loves and which one it maybe doesn't love so much. Like you said about the oils, you know, you might, for, for instance, get on really well with a light hydrosol, or maybe not. It depends entirely on your skin. You have control of that when you formulate and you're not beholden to the ingredients that the mainstream industry is forcing on you. And the different courses that you offer and free masterclasses, do you dive into that, like the different skin types as well? Like what's better for someone with more sensitive skin? What's better for someone that has more oily skin? Do you dive into that as well? Not so much because we're not a dermatology school. We're teaching you how to make the products. There is actually a small component of this going into one of our course updates coming soon. But I will say that for us, it is literally about teaching you how to work with your ingredients, how to layer them, how to work with the maths that's required in order to calculate how much of everything you need to put in there, how to set up your lab and work safely with your equipment. And and by lab, I mean, literally, it could be the corner of a table in your house. (laughs) Don't don't be scared by the word lab. You know, we have students who've literally formulated, we had one student who formulated in a 99 square foot mobile home, which was just awesome. And another one who told me that she used to carry all of her formulation equipment and ingredient in a small suitcase that she took from hotel to hotel as she was traveling for work. So it's it's not, um, yeah, so we very much focus on that formulation component and then those techniques that you use in order to create your formulations, such as, as I said, emulsification, solubilization, warm blending, whipping, that sort of thing. That sounds so interesting. I need to jump into one of your masterclasses. Yes, come join us. (laughs) So we are going to link in the show notes below, you know, how to find Lorraine and her amazing company and, you know, how to, um, you know, if you want to get into one of her masterclasses, where you would find that. So that'll all be below 
in the show notes. But I find this such an interesting conversation because like you said, people are just afraid of it. But in reality, you know, you just step back and say, okay, I just want to learn how to make a foaming soap right now because I don't want to buy the stuff that's in the store because it contains X, Y, Z ingredient that I don't want. Then it's, you know, like you said, you move on to, let's say, lip balm. And then when you're comfortable with that, you move on to the next thing. So then you're not overwhelmed with, I need to make, redo everything in my house. (laughs) No, (laughs) no, I don't recommend anyone starts with that. (laughs) (laughs) Like start slowly. Like maybe it's make a deodorant. Maybe it's make like a skincare. Maybe it's a lip balm. And I think- just the cosmetic industry has just told us that we can't do these things. And so then we believe it, right? Absolutely. Stop listening to them. That would be my main piece of advice. Stop (laughs) listening to all the crap that the mainstream industry comes out with. They're just trying to sell through fear and and insecurity. And we can all do a hell of a lot better than than buy some of their products, which is why I'm such a big fan of indie brands. And we have over, I think it's about 300 different graduate brands listed on our website. We have this gallery at the top and you can even search by location. Go and buy from them. They're amazing. They deserve all the success in the world. So I want everyone listening to go and buy some indie beauty products today. (laughs) And if you get nothing else, but don't listen to mainstream beauty brands, that's what, that's what the big takeaway for today is. (laughs) Yes. Everyone can formulate and you don't need to listen to the big brands that say you cannot formulate. So again, thank you for being on. I really appreciate it. Um, We've had, this is like our second conversation. It's been a great conversation. So again, thank you for being here. Um, You can catch Lorraine's first episode. It'll be episode 56. So you can go listen to that one. If you've listened to this one first, you can go back and listen to that one. It doesn't really matter the order, but it's number 56. Also, we talked about greenwashing in the previous episode so like listen to episode 24 where we talk about greenwashing and another really great episode that i love is episode 31 where i spoke with lonnie brown and it's what's really hiding in your home so you can stay connected with me on instagram and tiktok at this is stephanie moram don't forget to subscribe to the green junkie podcast on the platform you're listening to and you can download my free five-part audio series live a little more green You'll find everything in the show notes. And Lorraine, can you just quickly tell people where they can find you and and Formula Botanica? Yep, we're at formulabotanica.com. Come over to the website. We've got loads of blogs, got the podcast. I host the Green Beauty Conversations podcast. And we always have a free course of some kind ongoing. Um, And come and follow us on Instagram, on TikTok, at Formula Botanica, and me as well, at Lorraine Dalmo. So thank you again for being here. Um, They've been two great conversations and I appreciate you taking the time. Thank you so much for having me, Stephanie. It's been really lovely. You're welcome. And thank you for listening, everyone. And I'll see you next Tuesday, Green Junkie. 